0: Welcome to Strong Body, Strong Soul. Hi, I'm Maria, and I cannot even thank you enough for spending a few minutes of your time with me here. I started this podcast because I'm feeling so compelled to get my voice out there into the world, to help inspire people, to get connected with themselves first and foremost. We all share the same energy. My message is one of tolerance. We are all made of the same stuff. We all share the same air. We feel the same sun on our faces. We see the same moon above us at night. I would love for us to all focus on our similarities rather than our differences. I want to raise the level of vibration, of love, of appreciation, gratitude, and strength in the truth. If you'd like more information about me, you can find me at my website, mariahumphreys.com. I have a blog on there. I have photos. There's a lot of history on there. I had both my knees replaced a couple of years ago. I have teenage kids, one of which was in a wheelchair for a few months after a hip reconstruction surgery. So my family's gone through a lot of struggles, but it's okay. You've all gone through your stuff too. And if my stories can help anybody out there get a little bit different perspective, then I'm here for you. I love to share my perspective, my vision of beauty and love. I love to share my photographs. So I've attached a photograph here. It's a link to my Instagram account. You can always check me out there too. Maria Humphreys 101. I love sharing my photography. I love sharing my words. I love sharing my energy. If I can help you in any way, I'm here for you. Let's make the world a better place together. We can do this. I'm so glad makes me so happy that I can touch you in any way over these airwaves. If my voice can help you, I am so grateful. Thank you again for listening. Please feel free to contact me. And if you're interested in finding out or listening to more of what I'm talking about, you can always join the Anchor app. On the iTunes podcast, I'm not quite putting everything I'm saying out there. So feel free to go to Anchor if you like. I'll talk to you soon. I love you. From whatever platform you happen to be listening to me from, I want to welcome you. If you are new here to the show, I really want to welcome you. And if you have been here for a while, you know that earlier this week, I released an interview with Grateful and Company. They are an organization that is working really hard to raise awareness for mental health and suicide prevention on college campuses. Today, I want to focus on Teen Line USA. That is an organization I will go ahead and I will give you a link to their website later on in this episode. But we are talking here today about teen depression and suicide. So I want to give you a heads up right now. It is going to be a serious conversation today. I'm going to start with statistics and some scary stuff and then I'm gonna move along to some hope and some guidelines that might help you in your life so I want to thank you once again for listening and if you are not in the mood for such serious content please choose another episode I'll never know it's okay But I really appreciate you being here. If you have any questions or comments, always feel free to message in here to the show. If you are an anchor, if you are outside the anchor platform, please feel free to get in touch with me through those other social media platforms, such as Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I welcome any comments or questions. Always, I'm here for you. Thank you, thank you. Here we go. So as I've said, I am not a therapist. And this particular episode is not going to be a rehashing of so many facts that you guys can find online or maybe at those parent presentations at the local school, whether it's a middle school A high school, or sadly enough, an elementary school. Or whether you're an aunt or an uncle of kids, or a neighbor. Maybe you're a grandparent and you go to the sheriff's station for some educational workshop about teen suicide. Maybe you're not that familiar with it and you don't have much contact with teens, and that's okay too. It still is so vitally important to be aware of all of this information, I think. So from the years 2005 to 2014, the increase in teen suicide has gone up by 37%. The second highest cause of death for kids ages 10 to 24 years old is suicide the second cause of death suicide between the ages of 13 and 18 years old 20% of the population is not even diagnosed now there are two ways well Two of the ways people can be depressed are from environmental factors such as abuse, child abuse. Leaving in a home perhaps where there is alcohol and drug abuse by the adults. And so the kids see the behavior and their environment around them causes them to be depressed. Or there are genetic reasons. They're predisposed to it. They're wired that way. It's not their fault. Some people have chemical imbalances. And oftentimes, in teens, between the ages of 13 and 18, these imbalances and the hormones going through their system exasperates the situation. Again, I'm not going to go into the details so much, but there are kids at my daughter's school at least twice a year. There is a kid that is successful. In the last couple of years, there have been many attempts. The middle schoolers, they are done with life. They don't think it's worth it anymore. At 15 years old. One of the reasons that teen suicide is on such a high rise is that there is such a stigma associated with depression. Kids are scared to admit it. They don't say it. So they end up closing up And can you imagine being so depressed at the age of 13 years old and you bottle it up inside yourself? You don't make it on that volleyball team. You get cut from the robotics team. The kids in the neighborhood beat you up and you don't tell your parents. Then you get to high school age That boyfriend or girlfriend breaks up with you. You don't pass a test. You get bad grades. You get kicked out. Maybe you don't get into the college that you really wanted to get into. What a failure you are. Maybe when you get to college, you don't get the classes that you want. Maybe it's too expensive. And you have to choose another school and you feel like a loser. Maybe by the time that you are 23 years old and you lose that job that you barely got anyway. And you feel like it's not worth it. You give up after 10 years of feeling like a loser and having no one to talk to. So 10 years of feeling depressed can take its toll on these kids. Obviously, just like I was saying earlier, anybody of privilege or age is not immune. You don't outgrow depression. It doesn't just go away. It needs to be addressed. So the other day I was at my son's high school and there was a presentation. The woman, her name was Cheryl Eskin. She is a marriage and family therapist. And much of what I'm talking about in this episode comes from her presentation. The documents that she handed out there. I'm going to attach a copy to my Facebook page, Strong Body, Strong Soul, if you are interested in seeing some of the documents that I am referring to for more clarity. Go ahead and check out my Facebook page if you like. But kids, kids are near and dear to my heart because I have my own, (laughs) because I was one, because I speak about energy in everything I do. And that sense of connection, confidence, self-esteem, and the knowledge that you are not alone in this world is so important so important. So right now with this particular episode, let's talk about what are some of the reasons why these kids are depressed. And feel free if you've heard this stuff a million times, scroll through if you like, but I continue to share the knowledge that the same information can come from different sources in different ways and we may hear it in different ways depending on the day or the time in our lives. So I'm hoping this information helps you in some way. Social media obviously a huge factor in causing kids and adults to feel bad about themselves sometimes. You know how I am on this station and elsewhere on social media. I continue to assert my strong belief that social media can be used as a force for good, but let's face it, it has a downside that cannot be denied. People post photos of themselves in the happiest moments of their lives so anybody looking in at their page sees them as perfect and there there you have it that comparison to other people the kids are looking at other families other kids models thinking everyone else has a perfect life and their life sucks My mom doesn't do fun stuff like that. How did they get to go to Hawaii? I've never been on an airplane. All sorts of social media comparison, right? And of course, there's cyberbullying, which is horrible. Of course, we take it too seriously. Social media is there for fun, for education, for so many different reasons. I remember recently, I'm looking at a friend's Facebook page and a bunch of women are at happy hour somewhere and my son sees it and his first response is, oh mom, I'm sorry you weren't invited. That is the first thing that these kids are thinking. That shift of being happy for other people compassion, letting go of that comparison. I've talked about it before on my station here. Sometimes I'll post some beautiful photography of the Pacific Ocean. Yes, I'm in Southern California. The ocean is there. Even adults will respond on occasion. I don't live near the beach. Seeing something beautiful actually makes them sad. And that is because they're turning it around on themselves and feeling less than. And that's where we need to talk about social media with the kids. Their lives are exactly the way they are supposed to be. They'll get through their problems. But everybody's life is not as perfect as it looks like in those photos. And appreciation and gratitude for what we have is key and just because something somebody says something negative about us doesn't mean it's true of course cyberbullying once that stuff is out there it is like wildfire and people just believe it and we need to take a step back and talk about that social media pressure okay i'm going to talk about academic pressure to perform But I'm telling you right now, there are huge studies, of course, on how much homework is too much, all that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you right now, every family is different. Each kid is different. I really feel for the administrators at these schools because on one hand, you'll have a set of parents coming in and complaining there's too much homework. And the next minute, I hear families sending their kids to Kumon And not to say anything's wrong with that, but getting tutoring, putting the pressure on their own kids, and complaining because there isn't enough homework. Seriously, there are parents like that out there. It runs the gamut. So the administrators at the schools are trying to keep everybody happy. And you know what? We're forgetting that we need to just pay attention to the individual kid and take the pressure off. The grades, even at an early age, the grades start to matter so much. Of course, we want our kids to be ambitious. We want them to feel good about what they're doing, their best effort. And the best effort, by the way, and I'll go back to athleticism for a second, best effort doesn't mean you get that trophy. I'm just saying. You don't get an Olympic medal. For trying. You get an Olympic medal for trying so consistently so that you become such a high level performer that you can win, you can earn that medal. But we don't want to put everything else aside in order to do that. We don't want to pull our kids out of school necessarily just to focus on dance or whatever the case may be but again every family is different every family is different if you have that high level performer and you need that tutoring and no school and you need that kid to be working out 10 hours a day on his sport of choice because you want him to get that scholarship into that college then go for it no judgment here but I just want to mention all of this all jumbled together in terms of compassion. Everybody does things differently. Each child is different. Academic performance comes, the pressure of academic performance comes from thinking that all the kids need to be the same. And they are not the same. And this pressure to perform at the same level as everybody else does cause stress to these kids and leads to depression or can. Let's talk about parenting styles just for a second. A lot of times we are telling our kids what to do. We're enforcing or projecting our own preconceived ideas of what decisions they should be making from an early age. We are telling them what they like to eat what toys they like to play with. We need to give them a little more freedom so they can develop those decision-making skills on their own that will benefit them in the long run, I promise you. Let them pack their own lunch. If they forget their lunch, they can go hungry for a day. It's okay. They can skip a meal. Oftentimes, you may have heard the term helicopter parenting, when parents flutter about and take care of everything for their kids, fearful that their kid won't make the right decision. But you need to let go of the rain sometimes. Lawnmower parenting is also becoming a new term that's being bantered about, where parents actually mow down their kids' own preferences and intuitions. And they end up making decisions for their kids all the time. You do not want your kid to be questioned about something and have to look at you for a cue. What should my answer be? No, that will not serve them later in life. Give them a little more freedom. The lack of confidence in their own decision-making skills will hurt them later. They need to develop those skills overscheduling. This is a huge problem for a lot of families. And sometimes it comes from that need to keep up with the neighbors, keep up with the community that you live in. You need to be doing all these fast-paced, try as many things, do as many things on the weekends, as many festivals, go, go, go all of the time, because sometimes parents feel like. That's what's supposed to be happening. And sometimes it comes from that comparison to other families. We may be looking from the outside and it may appear that everybody else is busy. And so we push ourselves to be as busy as they are. We're overscheduling our kids so much because we think everybody else is doing it. It's a vicious cycle and it can cause or lead to depression. The kids don't know what to do with their downtime. I'm not sure what part of the world you live in, but where I am, physical education in the schools is sadly lacking. It is being removed from the curriculum entirely. So kids themselves are getting so little activity, unless they're on a serious sports team where parents, in my area, again, are spending a lot of money on private coaching, baseball, soccer, football, basketball, the gamut, the whole gamut. But there are a ton of kids that are not athletes. Those non-athletic kids aren't getting any activity at all. They're sitting on their computers, their phones, they're in other activities, but we need to foster activity. Physical activity is a huge factor. The pressure to perform, we'll talk about that in a minute in in terms of academics, but in terms of athleticism. If you go to the beach, some kids, you throw them a football, they've never touched one. They don't know how to throw it, so they put it down on the ground. They will not even try. The older they get, the more difficult it becomes. By the time they're 10, 12 years old, they're looking at other kids, thinking, well, those kids are on the soccer team because they've been playing since they were five years old. And as the kids get older, it becomes further and further away. It's not even a possibility in their minds. They are stuck in a preconceived idea that they are not an athlete. By the time they get to college, they're not going to want to play any of those games on those fields because they don't have the history. We need to do something about it, people. We need to help our kids get more confident and comfortable with something. They need to be able to stand on one foot and keep their balance all sorts of studies scientific studies on how the brain operates how doing hopscotch how walking along a balance beam all that stuff is necessary for their brains to develop for math science handwriting their hand-eye coordination for so many different things music is key physical activity is a huge factor in in allowing these kids to decline into the depths of depression even more our entire society is a cauldron of stimulus too much information whether it's social media television movies so much information coming in non stop It's always been an issue. It's always been studied. How the kids are watching commercials, whether it's the Wiggles or Sesame Street. I remember when my son was about a year and a half and he was not speaking yet. And I had this thing in my head. I would only play him the Baby Einstein movies where they would play classical music and show toys and stuff moving. But there wasn't any speaking on there. It's good for the brain, they said. Well, when he was about a year and a half, he wasn't speaking and the other kids were. So I was second-guessing myself. Shoot, I should have let him watch more television. He can learn from it. So there's a balance of the sensory input that we allow our kids to have, and they get used to. If you need to take that iPad to a restaurant and play a movie, or play a movie nonstop in the car while you're driving anywhere, have that screen in front of their eyes constantly, how is that giving them Any ability to develop the tools that they need to survive when there is no input coming in? What about what's already in them that they need to figure out? That's where meditation comes in. But I won't go there on this particular episode. The point here is that there is an onslaught of information coming in all of the time and The kids' brains are constantly stimulated so quickly that they don't know what to do. They are overwhelmed. Sometimes we need to take a step back, slow down, teach them how to operate individually. They are unique. They are not like all of the other kids. No kids are exactly like the other. And it's a misconception that they are when they're being stimulated nonstop like this all of the time. They're just moving, 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 go through, going through the flow without the ability or tools to slow down. No matter your political leaning, it can't be denied that United, that the United States of America is struggling right now with a huge divide in the population. I was just in Washington, D.C. a couple of weeks ago during spring break, and we were in a huge line in front of the National Archives. I'm so proud to be an American, and I was so impressed with Washington, D.C., but we're in that line, our family of four, and there was a vendor that came by with hats on them that said, Make America Great Again. In support of President Trump and I'm telling you what no one in that line purchased one in fact sadly enough most of the people around were laughing and I felt so bad for my kids because they don't have president that they are proud of right now. And I know that's not true in every household. I know there are people out there that do appreciate and support President Trump. I just don't know very many of them. And I only mention this because it is like having the rug pulled out from under these kids to be in such a political climate right now. The lack of security and pride in our country is really sad. But I wanna remind all of you that we've gone through periods of time like this in our country. Vietnam was a divided nation, of course. There have always been ups and flows in the political climate, but we need to be aware of how to handle them, how to speak with our children about them. The lack of security, the lack of pride in their own country can be devastating and have consequences and contribute to depression, anxiety, fear. (laughs) The adults are afraid. How can the kids not be? I really appreciate you tuning in. I hope what I'm talking about is helping you and resonating with you in some way. There are so many different causes of depression. It is astonishing, but I really feel a responsibility to make, to use this particular platform as my public service announcement, if it'll help anybody out there. I just love it. One of the ways that Cheryl Eskin was saying that we can get rid of or help alleviate this depression is by removing the stigma associated with depression and mental illness. We shouldn't be afraid to talk about it. We need to teach these kids that it is okay to talk about it. Now, Cheryl Eskin, her organization that she works with is called Teen Line, and I'll go ahead and post the information there, but one of the most beautiful things about it is that teens are answering the phones for other teens. It's amazing. They have really developed this program that is working in such a beautiful way. Kids tend to be more comfortable talking with other kids about their issues. And the kids who are answering the phones are getting such a pump of self-confidence, self-esteem by helping other kids. It's a win-win organization. Our society has such a stigma associated with depression and mental illness. It is so much easier to acknowledge a physical breakdown rather than an emotional or a mental breakdown. If we can't see it, it doesn't exist, right? No. Now, one of the tools that Cheryl Eskin recommended was a TED Talk by Kevin Briel. He is talking about this very issue, removing the stigma of mental illness and depression. So if you get a chance, go ahead and check out the TED Talk. (laughs) Let's talk about communicating with a teen that may be suffering from depression or anxiety. Don't shame or judge. Oh, well, the neighbor kid isn't like that. What's wrong with you? Don't try to fix the problem on your own. Oh, I'm going to talk to the parents. Oh, I'm going to go have a meeting with the principal. Oh, I'm going to go tell the sheriff station about this. As an adult in a child's life, if you try to fix the problem on your own, you are not going to allow the kid to get through it and help. Them manage the stress of it all. Don't philosophize or lecture. Every kid needs to go through this phase. It's a part of life, it's a part of growing up. You get through it. let's talk about a couple of ways that you can communicate with the teens that may help them. The most obvious is to stay open and curious and listen to them. These things, listening, being open and curious, take time. Time is the biggest gift that you can give a teen. And this means putting down your phone. This means being physically, emotionally present for them. It doesn't mean you have to expend a lot of energy in order to get them to speak to you. Oftentimes, the more energy you put out there with questions and expectations the less information you will get time time presence availability those are the keys just the other day i was driving around on errands with my daughter not speaking a lot about a, about a lot of stuff she's old enough i could have left her at home But I wanted to spend time with her, even doing the mundane Costco run. During the course of our drive home, she said to me, Mom, there's something I wanted to tell you. (sighs) Yeah, it was kind of serious. It was about a friend of hers at school. I won't go into details, but there is no way that I would have ever known Ask a question that would have elicited this information from her. It was time spent with her. That is the only way. Oftentimes, it is the time spent with the kids that's key. Acceptance, acceptance of the kids rules when they tell us things she asked me not to tell anyone else about what she told me the other day and I'm sticking with that because I want to earn her trust it's not something that I need to go bantering about and discussing with other people anyway it's very serious but it's being taken care of by authorities and such um the other thing is acceptance of who. The kids need to talk to. Sometimes it's not us. It got me thinking about when I was a little girl. I had a neighbor lady that was so kind. I used to go over to her house and play chess with her. I spent a lot of time with the neighbor lady. My mom encouraged me to. Some parents have a sense of that they are the ones that their kids are supposed to talk to. And that is not always the case. Whether it is a counselor, a teacher, a neighbor, an aunt or an uncle, a grandpa, a soccer coach, another kid we have to lose our expectations that we are the one our kids are, we are the ones that our kids are supposed to talk to because that might not always be the case and the kids are very smart their energy they can feel it if a parent is kind of envious that their child wants to talk to an aunt instead of the mom the kids can feel that And they will not have a sense of safety. And they won't go there because they don't want to offend or hurt their own mom. Because she may not be okay with her kid talking to other adults instead of her. It's really important to let that go. Acceptance, acceptance, acceptance. Validating their situation, their feelings, giving them permission to be sad, to be angry, frustrated, all that stuff. Permission, permission for them to feel that way. And encourage them to seek help. Encourage them to talk to you about it. Be empathetic. Offer them your time, your appreciation validate that they do have a reason for feeling the way they do don't minimize what they're going through that means you're not a safe place to talk to they'll only confide in people who can empathize and appreciate what they're going through there's that word appreciation I am not going to go through all the red flag warnings of what to look for to see if a kid is depressed or not. Obviously, if they are using the words suicide or homicide, take heed, take it seriously, of course. But if a kid is withdrawn, if they've been that way their whole life, The counselor advised us not to be too concerned about it. That is a personality trait. But sometimes if their personalities tend to change drastically, that can be a concern. Whether it's for the worse, whether they're turning from a happy-go-lucky child to a depressed one, or the other way around, sometimes really sullen kind of children their whole life, all of a sudden they may become outgoing. A drastic manic upsurge in energy can mean that they have come to a decision about their own life and they're at peace with it and their personality can change in that respect as well. But thank you, thank you for listening to this particular episode right here. I just wanted to bring up some of the different ways of thinking about this stuff just to bring a little bit of light into your life. Um, if you feel like going down this path today, teenline.org is the name of the organization that I've been referring to a little bit. They actually have teens who answer the phones. It's a brilliant program. And I will post more information on my Facebook page for anybody who is interested in looking at that over there. Some books that the counselor recommended. And um, the most important thing is to be truthful and really look at the kid that's in front of you and be authentic who they are not who you want them to be don't project your own ideas onto them or the situation that they are in remain open and loving and aware and take the time to spend with them i love you for listening I appreciate you. I am Maria. This is Strong Body, Strong Soul. You can find me out there on Facebook as Strong Body, Strong Soul if you like. And um, I hope this episode was helpful to you in some way. I truly do. Bye-bye. Of course, always remember that you can go ahead and leave a message for me if you have any comments or questions. If you'd like to add anything to this episode, you can call in if you are on Anchor, if you're outside Anchor. Please send me a message through Facebook or Instagram or my website, strongbodystrongsoul at gmail.com. If you've been following me for a while, you may realize that I have my own history with depression. It started when I was a kid and it got worse over time. And it really hit me in postpartum. So these things don't go away. But we can get stronger in order to face them and get through them with grace and awareness. Thank you for listening. One final thought. If you are lucky enough to have a teen in your life, make sure you tell them that you love them today.